that he sent me to the beach to do my uh, sermon prep. I think it's the best place to do sermon prep. It's the ocean waves, the sunshine, the seafood, and we love the beach. So it's the, one, the problem with doing sermon prep on the beach is that you have to come home and actually give a sermon. So uh, it's, it's wonderful to be back. But it's also difficult to be back because we really, really enjoy that place. And it's a place where I think I hear God best. It's by water anyways, but by the ocean. God seems to get to my heart in ways that no other place can. It kind of strips me away all the stuff that we go through, you know, all the mundane. Last time I spoke about a warrior needs a strategy. And there was two components of strategy. There was intent and content of strategy. The intent of strategy was to win the battle. That was the intent. And it caused someone to have a question afterwards. It was a wonderful question. And it's a question that I I mused about during the week. And that question was this. If the intent is to win, why does the church seem like it's losing the battle? If the intent is to win this battle, that's God's intent. And therefore, because it's God's intent, our intent is to win this battle then why does it seem sometimes like we're actually losing, that the church is losing this battle? You don't have to look far in what's going on in this world to to see all the evidence of maybe we're losing. The onslaught against marriage is, is evident and rampant in our society. 54 million children have been aborted. Over a million people are being sold into slavery across the world. You throw in wars and famine and strife and crime, and it seems like the world is a mad dog waiting for someone to put it out of its misery. It is really hard to see how we're winning this battle. Even personally, we have things that might assault us. Conditions, diseases that we're fighting. Trouble in our families. Just sometimes the everyday mundaneness of life can make it seem that way. How are we winning this battle? It doesn't seem like it is. And this is why I believe that a warrior needs a stronghold. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you speak through anybody you choose to. And today it's me. So I ask that you would empty me of me. And that you would fill me with your words, your heart, your very passion for all of us. Your love and and your great desire to see us be more like your son today. So I pray, Father, that you will help me do exactly that. Be your mouthpiece. Speak your word. And allow all our hearts to receive what you have for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Misery. Suffering. Sin. It makes this world a very difficult place to live in. And yet this is the exact place that Jesus causes us to live and to love in. Jesus went into the deepest, dark sin ghettos of our heart to rescue us. And he asked us to do the same thing. When Jesus said, come follow me, he didn't give us a destination. He just said, come follow me. So when we're facing all this sin and misery and despair, these are difficult things. They disturb us. They trouble us. And I'm going to say one thing to you. With all the pastoral care that I can, good. 
I'm glad it disturbs you. It should disturb us. It should trouble us. Because I believe it troubles the Father's heart to see His world in such a way. The fix that it's in. It troubles the Father's heart. That's why He sent Jesus Christ. And that's why He's sending us as warriors fighting this battle. So a warrior, he needed a song. We talked about that. And a warrior needed a childlike heart. And he needed a stronghold. He needs a strategy in the stronghold. And this is what it is. This is what I believe the stronghold is. I believe a warrior's stronghold is his faith. Is our faith. The Hebrew word for stronghold means a fortress. It means strength. It means a secure place. It means a high place. It means a place of refuge that surrounds you. All the Hebrew words for stronghold, and they're used throughout the Psalms in various forms, means all those things. It, means, it gives a picture of being at a very high level, being able to see the whole battlefield. It's perspective. Our faith gives us perspective. Our faith allows us to see the battle like God sees the battle. See, we see loss after loss and defeat after defeat and, and, and all the things that are wrong in this world. And God sees his church being supremely in control of this planet through his son, through the blood of Jesus. A warrior needs a stronghold. He needs a place to clearly see his faith. Faith is an unconquerable Fortress, totally built on one thing, who God is. And God is good. See, sometimes we can look at all those things that are going wrong and, oh man, can we doubt that God is good? Why doesn't God do something about that? And you can fill in whatever that means for you. Why doesn't God do something about that? It can leave you frustrated, it leaves me frustrated. That's why we need a stronghold. That's why we need our faith. Because faith gives us perspective to see the way God sees things. Not the way we see things. Not the way we see things. Would you mind turning to Psalm 27? Psalm 27. And Psalm 27, we see the powerful, relational, alive faith of David at work in his life. And he's singing this warrior song here throughout the 27th Psalm. The most important verse of this song that's always sung in our hearts is echoed in John 15, 5. When Jesus says, apart from me, that you can do nothing. So it's important to keep that in mind as we're reading Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me and to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Listen to this proclamation of faith. And though an army encamped against me, my heart shall not fear. And though war arise against me, yet I will be confident and that Hebrew word for confident means trust and take refuge in. And listen to the praise that comes from this faith. One thing I have asked of the Lord and that I will seek after that I might dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. Again, cover of his tent, again, means a stronghold. He will lift me high upon a rock. And here's the perspective. And now my head shall be lifted up. Above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Worship is a really important in the spiritual battle that we face. Hear, O Lord, and when I cry out loud, be gracious to me and answer me. And you have said, seek my face. So my heart says to you, oh, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. That was a huge verse when I came back to the Lord. Those of you who know my story, that was a huge verse. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Remember the verse that we talked about, that God was our foundation. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. You know, the, the enemy is the, the father of all lies, and we, we have a defense against him. And here, again, David ends with a proclamation of faith. I believe that I should look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means right here, right now. In our times, in the times that seem so violent, so ugly, so devastating against people, against the innocent. I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So what does he tell us to do? He says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The Hebrew word for be strong means to be alert. To fortify yourself. To stay awake. The word for take courage, again, means to fortify. How do we fortify? By proclaiming his word. By believing that God is good. See, ultimately, faith is believing in the goodness of God. It always comes down to that. Whatever we're facing, whatever we're seeing, whatever distresses us, do we trust that God is good in this? Even though we might not see the answer Get the answer that we want. Is God good? Is God good? I believe God is good. I believe I need a stronghold. Let's go to John. John 11. The security of of a stronghold of faith is this. We know who we can trust. That question that the person asked me troubled me all week long on the beach even though I was in a nice place it always kind of invaded my thoughts because I didn't have an answer because there is no easy answer to that question and that's okay that's okay not to have an easy answer to that I can't figure out why sometimes God seems like he doesn't intervene Or why he doesn't do something about it. But this I do know. He can. He can do 
something about it. I actually believe that he is doing something about it. That he's always doing something about it. And he happens to be using you and I to do that. And other people scattered around the world believing in the Most High who have a stronghold of faith in Jesus Christ. I believe God is always working. Even though I may not see it or understand it. Or maybe even believe that he is. (laughs) The story of Lazarus, I think, echoes Psalm 27 in a lot of ways. I think it, it answers or talks to that feeling about what is God up to? Is he doing something about the hardships of life? Is he working in it? The Lazarus story is wonderful for, for, for many reasons. There's so much in this story. Let's just read a little bit. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and their sister Martha. Jesus loved these people. He hung out with them a lot. And he really loved Lazarus. And Lazarus got sick. So Mary and Martha sent for Jesus, saying that their brother was sick and that he needed to come. And then when Jesus heard that, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man might be glorified through it. And it says that when he heard the news, he stayed two days. He didn't hop on the nearest camel... He just stayed two more days where he was. He had just left the place where they were threatening to stone him. Where This is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived. And his disciples certainly were in no hurry to go back there. So they probably were happy that he waited two more days. But Jesus has something more than just being afraid going back into a land where he was being threatened. And the disciples tell him, said, uh, disciples, because uh, Jesus says, let's go to Judea again after two days. And the disciples tell him, uh, we don't really want to go back there. They're, you know, they're threatening us. And, and Jesus says this bizarre thing. Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I'm sure the disciples were kind of confused about that. And then after he says these things, he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And they said, Okay, wait a minute. If he's just asleep, don't you think he'll be okay? Why do we got to go back to a place where we're being threatened, where our lives are in danger, in order to wake this guy up if he's just taking a nap? And then Jesus tells them, No, he's, he's died. And then he says this other bizarre thing. He says, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad. Wait a minute. For your sake, I am glad that Lazarus has died. Really? Jesus is glad Lazarus has died? I don't know if it bothers you as much as it bothered me, but it bothered me. (laughs) And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you might believe. But let us go to him. And Thomas, he gets a hard rap, Thomas does, and he says, let us go that we might do and die with him. You know, there's a real joy to party right there. Thanks a lot, Thomas. You really added a lot to my life right then. Thank you. All right, so here's the story. Jesus heads to Bethany with the disciples. Martha comes out to greet him, and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have not died. But even now, I I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. 
And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And here's, I think, a default mechanism maybe we all fall into. We start to talk theology with Jesus. Martha goes on to explain to Jesus, who pretty much understands this, oh, oh, I know he will rise again on the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus says to her, oh, Martha, boy, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he dies, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I, I believe you are the Christ. Martha goes back to get Mary. Mary comes out, and almost the same scenario repeats itself. She asks, you know, tells him, if you would have been here, Lazarus would have not died. Jesus starts to weep. He starts to cry. Everybody marvels and says, oh, how much he must have loved Lazarus. And so he said to Mary, where have you laid him? So they take him to the cave where Lazarus is laid in. And he says to take away the stone. And Martha, who seems to want to rub it into Jesus, says, Lord, this time there will be an odor. And he has been dead four days. He's kind of reminding Jesus of the obvious fact. He's been dead. If you would have been here, why didn't you do something about that? That question. Why didn't you do something about that? You have sent servants and messages and people have been healed. Why did you delay? What's the big deal? Why did it take so long for you to be here? And now he stinks. And you want to open this cave? Didn't Martha just say that she believed? She did. And here's the verse that I want us to concentrate on. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this on the account of the people standing around me, that they might believe that you had sent me. That's the assurance. Jesus is showing us that the assurance of God listening to us, of listening to our prayers, even though the evidence might be stinking. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died come out. His hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And then Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Why did he say that? I think they were scared to death. You see a man come out looking like the mummy. They're probably just sitting there going. And he said, you go on tie the guy. He's alive. You don't have to be afraid of him. But there's a message there for us. Unbind him and let him go. Faith causes a response. A response of the heart, the mind, and the will. Faith stands up and says, my God is able. doesn't matter what the evidence is. It doesn't matter that, that it looks ugly, that it seems dead, that it's hidden behind something else, that it stinks, that it's unpleasant. That circumstance does not thwart faith in Jesus Christ. And the fact that we can call upon the Father and He hears us. So that we can go into that dark, deep 
world that threatens us, that upsets us, that seems like we're losing a battle, that we can go in there with faith and, and say, unbind them and let them go. We can do this. That's what a stronghold of faith gives us. Because sometimes the world is a scary and stinking place. But it needs to be set free. Okay, just three things that faith knows. Faith knows that suffering is not good. But God is. Faith knows that doubt is real. But we can choose to believe God in spite of it. And faith knows that God can. So when the world seems like it's winning, can I encourage you to look beyond the mainstream news of our day? Can I encourage you to look for other sources of truth? They're out there. I watched a video the other day about a man in, in, in Orlando, Florida, a place where I used to live. For a number of years now, his full-time job is to stand outside an abortion clinic to talk to women before they go in to kill their babies. They mock him. They try to arrest him. All kinds of things. He's convinced over a thousand women to keep their babies. He does this full time. He quit his job to do this. He felt like God called him to do this. He doesn't let the fact that most people tell him no. He's there every day, ten hours a day, standing in front of that thing. Oh, he has cancer. He has a bad back. And every day he's out there. You never hear about it on the news. But that man doesn't believe the evidence. He believes God. So you can find stories like that to build up your faith. To build up your hope. Because the world will continuously tell you and lie to you that we are losing. That there's nothing that we can do about it. That God is ineffective and at worst uncaring. And that is simply not the truth. God is merciful. God is love. God is kind. And his heart is for all people to come to him. We can't give up. We can't surrender. We can't let circumstances dictate our choices. But with a voice of faith... With a stronghold of faith, with a warrior's song, a song of praise and proclamation of how good God is, we can go into dark places and make a difference. We can. The evidence is here. Look what these ordinary people did in these scriptures. And like that, that man who, I can't even remember his name, and I watched the video twice. But he's... He's there, he's there every day except for Sundays. He's in church on Sundays. And the place is not open on Sundays. But he's there every other day that it's open. Holidays, rain. You can make a difference. 
You can. You can. I can. And that's the message about a stronghold of faith. We can't let the world's, the picture that it gives us, be the only picture that we see. We must get on that high tower. We must look at the whole battlefield. We must realize that although we are securely surrounded, and that we're in a refuge, to, that we're supposed to take this refuge with us. This is not a stronghold to hide in. This is a stronghold to move in. And with this stronghold of faith, with God's perspective of the battle, we can make a huge difference in this world. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, for what you're teaching us about your heart. We ask, Father, that you will help us go to the stronghold of faith and so that we can have your perspective of the battle. So that we can see through the eyes of faith and, and know that you are moving, even though when it seems like you're not. Help us to trust in your goodness in ways that we have never trusted before, so that we can speak truth, so that we can live truth, and so that you can move through our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our everything that we touch and bring your kingdom here. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.